0: You take control of the airways toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. Ed Wayne, and Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site, we give them away, so enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com.
1: Mark has returned. I'm back. Welcome back.
0: He uh, looks a little disheveled, but that'll that'll happen on a day full of air travel and that sort of thing.
1: Well,
2: you wouldn't believe the air travel that I had on this trip.
0: Yeah, you teased me on Monday night with a story on the phones, and you never called in with it. So I guess you were saving it for
2: well, you know, the return to the studio. I, I've got to build my brand here, the Mark Edge brand, rather than just the Ian brand. You know, I yeah. would just look like a caller if I call in. But gotcha. uh, in fact, you know, I I have a really interesting story about okay. what happened. So what happened? So. I was going to the uh, Manchester International Airport in order to uh, fly to Tampa, so that I could go check on my rental property in Sarasota, which is being um, vacated mm-hmm. this week. And uh, you know, it came out pretty well. It's, uh, it's sort of dirty, but not every renter leaves it sparkling clean. But all in all, went pretty well. But um, on my way in, I uh, you know I, I have in my wallet a sort of temporary New Hampshire ID. I was sent a sixty-day ID. Um, You know, before I got my seven year one or whatever it is that, uh, you get prior to that. They want to check, they want to check all the bad things you've done in, um, the other state and so they send you a temporary ID. Temporary driver's license. So I had that one in my wallet. I figured, well, I'll just leave the driver's license in the car and I'll carry around the, um, the temporary one. That way I have two driver's licenses and, you know, it's convenient. It shows my picture. It shows all the information. The only thing that's wrong with it is the uh, the date. It's expired. It expired a couple of days, about a week before the uh, the flight. Okay. On May the 20th. So um, I get up, and the, uh, the rent-a-cop that uh, sort of checks IDs versus boarding passes. This is not a TSA agent. This is a, uh, an employee of the uh, airport. Got it. Um, says, this is expired. And I said, well, I'm looking to fly in the plane. I don't want to fly it myself. I don't need to drive the plane. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter whether it's good You, or you might be someone
0: different now that this is expired. <laughs> right.
2: Really, the picture's still me, and the address is still me. It's still me. Every, right. Everything's the same, except for the expired nature of the, the driver's license. Which, by the way, before you go on with your story, uh, in case you don't know, we have
0: verified this. You can fly in America without ever showing identification at all. So whether or not your ID is ac- accurate as far as your address or currently up to date, all that stuff irrelevant.
2: Go ahead. Well, um, you can fly by ta- by getting the uh, the extra shakedown. You, have right. to, you know, they want to touch you and wand you and the whole deal. Oh, and I didn't feel like it. Um, you know. Was- My point being, though,
0: your current address being not a not an important factor. Um, to this whole flying
2: thing. It, it doesn't is, matter. It is sort of um, important because... Uh, if it were important,
0: they'd demand identification. Really, the don't. issue
2: is how much I wanted to be uh, shook down by the TSA, and I didn't. Yeah. Um, I wanted to walk through, uh, you know, put my... You know, you can scan my bags, I'll walk through your little metal detector, let me put my shoes on and I'm going to leave. Right. Um, I didn't want to go through the, uh, the, you know, the, the touching and the, the wanding and all that experience. Mm-hmm. So... It's great. He uh, puts the four S's on my uh, boarding pass, and I'm. Oh, boy. Livid. You got I, it. I said the word ridiculous too loud, apparently. Oh, no. Um, and uh, so, you know, they're like, it doesn't really matter whether you go through the uh, the metal detector because we're going to wand you anyway. So they put me in this little glassed off room um, where everybody this can see. This is at Manchester. This is at Manchester where everyone can see. And then the uh, TSA guy g- comes in, and I'm like, look, this is dumb. This is an expired driver's license. I have the good one in my car. It's me. See me. And he's like, well, all, now. all the 9-11 terrorists had expired driver's <laughs> licenses or driver um, had expired identification. You see and these I'm, families walking by and little kids saying, Mommy,
1: is that a terrorist in yeah.
2: there? <laughs> and, and I have no way to verify one way or the other um, whether or not the terrorist, in fact, did have expired identification or not, and whether all of them did or whether one of them did or any of these things. And I'm like, I don't care. And... um, it's so irrelevant. Basically, um I, I can't remember exactly um you know where it went from there, but um he said uh, you know what he's gonna do, and I'm like, I don't want you to touch me. And he's like, Oh, well, I have to touch you, and I said, yep. I don't want you to. Go home. And so he, that's essentially uh, what my choices were um once the salt. So he walks away, he goes to his, the, the head TSA gal, and uh, you know, they they call him the, the dogs, literally. Whoa. So um in about a minute, I am surrounded by I, my wife can verify this. Eight uh, Manchester police and slash TSA agents. Um, you know, you know, varying degrees of uniform <laughs> thugs. Um, you know, the uh, head TSA guy comes up and he's he's much more reasonable than the other guy. Good cop, bad cop. Yeah, they're good cop, bad copping me, and I'll, I'll tell you about the bad cop in a minute. And he's like, um, you know, th- th- these are what your choices are and, and that kind of thing. Um, basically, you can get shook down, and it has to be this fashion, and they're going to touch you in this manner. You can do that in private, or you can go home. And I'm like, so I, 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 repeated, <laughs> I repeated the options back to him, and he's like, yes. Like, oh, i got a plane to catch, and my wife's sitting out there. Let's go. And then the uh, Manchester police, uh, not a Manchester, excuse me. I said Manchester police, and it's not fair to uh, identify them. It was actually Londonderry Police Department. Okay. Um, One of the police, uh, he says, yeah, you've got to get shook down. You've got a problem with that? It's a random search. And I'm, it's not random. It's because of a driver's expired driver's license. Well, whatever. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter to him. He's not the one getting shook sure. down. So he said, do you got a problem with that? Yeah. Like, like we're on the playground in um you know, That's elementary exactly school. That's exactly what it's like. He, you know, he did everything but give me a little shove. And he just wanted to see whether I was going to react. And, you know, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm, uh,
1: Make my day.
2: I didn't. I didn't have any snappy comebacks like I thought about uh, much later. Like you know, <laughs> I wonder how many murders are going down now oh. while you're. Sta- while you got eight guys are surrounding me. Yeah. And there was a dog out there. They had a canine unit. Amazing. It, they were just and the guy was goading me. Um, the one dude takes my ID, writes down all the information. I'm how leaving. long did it take for all these cops to arrive after they about were a minute called? Okay. Um, and the you know the so woman, they have a
0: dog on the uh, property of
2: apparently the airport. Apparently, they do. Apparently. Um. So they, uh, you know, I, I'm departing the uh, little classroom. Probably, uh, probably sniffing packages during most of his day, I would guess. I, I would, I don't know. Um, they, I'm departing the little glass room, and uh, then the cop that had taken my driver's license. This is not the Hold one. Hold on, have the pat down happened here at this point? Yes, yeah, so they, okay. they just touched my around my waist, gotcha. and um, I, I don't remember where. It's not like it ma- matters to me. I've, mm-hmm. you know, I've been in prison. I've had. Uh, you know, body cavity searches. It doesn't matter to me what right. these guys do. The issue is I just didn't feel like it, especially over an expired driver's license. This is nonsense. It's a waste of time. And uh, it, it's all for security theater anyway, and I'll explain that in a minute. So uh, the guy hands me back my expired driver's license. This is a police officer hands me back an expired driver's license. Does that make any sense to you? I, I don't know. I, I, I it's guess ex- it's
0: their property. They could keep it if they wanted it's to, expired. right? It's
2: expired. Yeah, I mean, if it's such a terrible thing, if I'm uh, so close to being a terrorist that I need a secondary screening, shouldn't they keep the expired driver's license? Oh, anyway, they hand back the offending um, ID <laughs> to me, and uh, you know, I, I I give them all the stare down as I'm um, going as I'm walking away. Uh oh. Now on the return <laughs> trip, I use the same ID to get through the Tampa airport. Much no problem. Organiza- you know, much bigger place, much bigger TSA organization. No problem at all. So either. Manchester Airport overreacted, or Tampa is a bunch of incompetence. Right. One way or the other. <laughs> one way or the other. Um, TSA misses seventy-five percent of the uh, bombs uh, and guns that they themselves test themselves on, and it just proves once again that this is security theater, and it's only there to make people feel better, give jobs to sure es- essentially ur- useless bureaucrats.
0: Then you feel better. And I, I you no, know, I was very done? angry. <laughs> But they
1: protected you. You could have been a terrorist. Uh, they protected the plane. Uh, yeah, whatever. Doing their jobs. I watched them one time drag this probably 80-something-year-old man through the metal detector. He was, he was a paraplegic, apparently. He had very, very skinny, skinny legs, couldn't walk. They picked him up out of his wheelchair and dragged him through the metal detector. That's customer service! Oh, but, I mean, it was awful. The guy was in Kidding. pain. Of course. I, I felt like yeah. crying. I mean, it was, it was sad.
0: Yeah, I've seen them harass people in, in wheelchairs in that sort of condition, and it's just unnecessary.
1: It really there's no is. way this guy ever walked, there's no way he was faking it. his legs were like toothpicks. You know,
0: why didn't they, uh, I'm curious as to why they didn't shake down Laura, your wife, in that particular case, because you had come under scrutiny, an unusual amount of scrutiny, because of the expired uh, driver's license, and, you know, theoretically, were you to actually be a terrorist, anybody accompanying you should automatically fall under more suspicion. But
2: they dropped the ball on that one too. It's really punishment for not having your papers in order. That's That's true. That's That's exactly what it is. Punishment for not having the papers in order. It's
0: all about control and nothing about safety. It really is. 800 259 9231, your TSA health stories if you got them. This is your show. You take control. It's free talk live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. The cycle CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features for free, including the bulletin board system, over 235,000 posts, And over 1,400 people are interacting there. It's all for free. A lot of uh, fun stuff there. Serious issues being discussed as well. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com.
2: Did you know nine out of ten lawsuits in the world are filed in the United States? Any number of lawsuits, court orders, or greedy bureaucrats could leave you and your family penniless. At keepyourassets.net, they are experts in sheltering your wealth. You'll see... That at KeepYourAssets.net, they can help you be protected against those that wish to take your assets.
0: So we are talking about Mark's little uh, story. Uh, actually, I'd say it's a pretty significant story. Not too many people have eight cops called on them uh, when they travel through the airport. But it happened to Mark earlier this week when he went down to Florida at the Manchester airport. You had uh, brought a driver's um, an expired driver's license with you, it was mm-hmm. a temporary license, and... I guess that that alerted one of the police officers, and he demanded that you go through secondary screening, which to which you put up a bit of a fuss, and of right. course that resulted in them just cracking down cracking on down. you even harder. Um, calling several cops, calling out a, a a dog to sniff you out. Did they actually bring the dog up close to sniff you?
2: No, I think the dog was there just to be sicked on me if I uh, didn't. Uh, oh, I see. I, I, I guess the the I would assume that the cops were there in case um the you know this person who was. Somewhat boisterous, at least recalcitrant, um, was you know became violent. I guess that that was the idea. We're gonna right. you know make a stand, a show. You will bend to the will of the organization, or you will not travel. Um, and right, and that's really it. And you know the the sort of logic that they use to make it okay that they uh, shake you down is the same sort of logic that they could use for random stops, um, or you know any stops they wanted on the roads. What do you mean? Well. They own the um, airport. They own the means by which you travel. They that's don't right. own the vehicle in which you are, but the, you know they they own like the the airport's like the road. Correct. They own the road. So shouldn't they be able to stop your car and search you um, for just to make sure you're not a terrorist? In theory, well, that's all I'm saying is that it follows
0: that, from what they're doing today.
2: It makes the same sort of logic um, that they have that ability to do that. Um, especially and I have
0: suggested that it's only a matter of time before. It's only a matter of time before they start doing that.
2: I, I have to agree that um, it's likely that they will be doing uh, random terrorist checks, especially if there's some other um, incident. That's all it'll take. Um, and, you know, the the TSA... Especially if it's some incident involving a vehicle.
0: I mean, you and I both know that uh, if it were to be an airplane, it would be very, very difficult for that to happen. As you pointed out several times, Mark, uh, the American people at this point are just not going to stand for a hijacking.
2: No, the the, the uh, uh, on a passenger jet, if somebody acts out the... Passengers take care of them right quick. We've
0: seen example after
2: example. We've seen people actually die, die, um, uh, or being
0: choked, or really harmed. Uh, And so that's not very likely. It's I'd say there's probably you know almost a zero percent chance that an airplane is going to be hijacked successfully here in America. So there are only other certain other things that the terrorists can really do, and that could very well involve a vehicle packed with some sort of explosives uh, pulled up next to a building or or something Mm -hmm. like that. And in that case, then they're going to have all
2: the excuse they need to really crack down on automotive travel. Especially, um, especially likely with trucks. They already sort of do s- checks on trucks, um, They, you know, at the state, at the state lines and way stations, that yeah. kind of thing. They look in just to make sure that everything's OK here. Mm-hmm. They have the agri- agricultural stops, that kind of thing. You know, we're really, really close to just stopping regular old passenger vehicles and checking in on them.
1: It's already um, happening. There, there are sobriety checks, which you yes. don't know what else they're checking for. They're saying it's for that, but it can be for a host of other things. It's just a cursory check through the, um, you know, the sobriety check.
2: They they have the flashlight. They stand in your window. They kind of look in, see if anything obvious is going on. See see how you look, and that's really what they're doing. Uh, the TSA is doing. They're just kind of, you know, going over you. If anything pops out, then they give you the secondary screening. Right, and this has been building
0: for quite a long time, this sort of police state and the mentality that Americans need to have in order to tolerate it has been slowly sort of being implemented. So you've got the police checkpoints, you've got the the, uh, the DUI checkpoints, you've got now the, uh, the click it or ticket campaign that mm-hmm. just happened last week that they were really cracking down on, national advertising promoting it and all of that and so and then you've got what's going on with the TSA. Of course the truck drivers have been used to it for years and so sort of incrementally they're just they're they're just ratcheting up the control. And and Americans it's the it's the proverbial frog in hot water situation. Right,
2: everybody believes it's for good reason, so therefore it's okay. It's all right that I get shaken down, um, you know, patted all over my body when I yeah, I'm supposed to be a free individual, free to do what I want. Um and you know, it's it's just all right because there's a good reason. Well, and the, the good reason is the
0: manufactured boogeyman that doesn't really differ so much from communists back mm-hmm. in the 50s. Nowadays, it's not the communists because we all know that they're in control in Washington D.C. Uh, nowadays, it's the uh, and if you disagree with that, go and read the communist Manifesto or go and read the uh, the ten planks of the communist manifesto and see if you uh, disagree at that point. But now it's the terrorists. You know, this sort of nebulous concept that's somewhere out there in the world, and maybe here in America, Mm -hmm. and we've got to shut down the borders, and we've got to crack down on security, but not only are they terrorists that are are sort of the boogeyman concept, but also immigrants are now the boogeyman concept. We discussed immigration quite a bit last night on the show, and uh, so you've got at least two. Of course, they can always throw in the old drug dealers in there as well, because they're still trying to stop them at the border and that sort of thing. And so, so now you've got at least two, if not three, different types of boogeymen that,
2: that the state needs to crack down on. And your liberties are just going to have to be sacrificed, citizen. But, you know, it's the thing is, is they're not catching the drugs. They're not catching the uh, guns that and bombs. That just means they need
0: more money, Mark. More, more money. That's more. because they don't want
2: to. Even if they have more money, though, um, it's what they're going to have to compromise our freedoms even more. I mean, are we going to have to get naked to go on a plane? Is that what's going to have to happen? Are we going to have to have our bodies scanned for explosives in case we've implanted dynamite in our guts in order to blow ourselves up? You know, and blowing up a plane isn't what the sort of stated concern is. What happened on 9-11 is people hijacked a a plane and flew it into a building. Mm -hmm. So... You know that was done with weapons, and they were really pretty rudimentary uh, weapons—box cutters, that kind of. It was done with fear, I think, more than anything. Right, and uh, Americans—well, fear and complacency. All the hijackings that had been done up to that point—you'd go spend a uh, an afternoon on the tarmac in Havana or wherever, and then you know you're off to your destination flight. Why get in? You know why? Why get hurt over one day's wait?
1: Big deal. And remember, after that happened, they were talking about arming the pilots, and that kind of went away really fast. Well, the, the pilot is the captain of the ship, just like if you go out in a, in a ship, uh, um, you know, uh, out in the ocean. I mean, the captain is is in charge, and if somebody uh, tries to take over the ship, the captain shoots him. Right.
2: He goes to the weapons locker. He unlocks yep. it, to, um, to which he has a key. He unlocks it and gets
1: uh, gets out an, an arm and, and takes care of and it. And they put thicker doors on the, on the pilot's uh, um cockpit evidently but they, they they didn't go far enough that would save a lot of trouble and that would be a lot easier if the pilot or, or one of the co-pilots came out with a gun if there, if there were trouble like that on a plane right. Absolutely, you would. know it
2: would be it would be relatively easy to uh just bulletproof the door there um on the uh, pilot's compartment and uh you know the passengers can fend for themselves at that point and they'll take care of it believe me. oh yes they did on uh huh. flight 97
0: yeah. I know you wanted to go down another uh, possible solution here. We'll touch on that here in a few moments. TSA George is on the line as well. Perhaps he has a comment. Uh, Tom in New Hampshire, your calls as well about whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. The SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. This is your show, and this is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control. Bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Wayne and Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free on our website. That includes the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens and dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. We've been talking about the situation that you encountered at the airports over the weekend. Mark, you went and got uh, harassed by the police and the TSA at one particular airport based on a, a discrepancy in your identification And they were just generally rude and mean to you, Mm -hmm. as they tend to be. And so we've just sort of been talking about airport security and terrorism and how Americans have sort of been conditioned very slowly into accepting these infringements upon their freedom. Uh, I mean, what would Thomas Jefferson think about something like this?
1: He'd go postal.
2: (laughs) You know, um, uh, the the Boston Massacre sort of occurred because of... uh, the the you know the the presence of british guards in boston just yeah. the very presence of them standing around they uh the, the bostonians didn't like it and they sort of milled about and made a bunch of noise i think there might have been some rocks thrown and the british officers opened fire and i think killed seven i don't know mm. chris pacetics of course being the first
0: so we were uh, also going to get into some solutions here you'd already proposed uh the pilot's being armed, which I think is a good one, but I would like to propose that uh, the government get the heck out of security altogether and allow airlines to determine their own security policies on a competitive market basis. To where one airline may determine that it wants to have the ultimate and restrictive security policies, while another one may determine that it will allow concealed weapon permits holders uh, to to come on its airline.
2: And it's not like you don't have the choice of uh, air. Uh... Travel carrier or whatever you want to call them. Um, you you have the option of who you want to take. Do you want to take the one with the less restrictive rules, or do you want to take the one with the more restrictive right. rules? So, would you the be more decide. comfortable if they, uh, you know, if all the passengers get naked, um, uh, beforehand and, and are run through a very thorough screening before they get on the plane, or will you be more comfortable if you could say carry a handgun on the plane?
0: I know which plane I would choose. I'd I choose the handgun plane. And everybody else should be free to make that choice on their own. But, no, we get the one-size-fits-all treatment from the government. The government gets to decide, you know, what is appropriate to search for and what sort of parameters are are appropriate when it comes to shaking people down. And, and I think that that needs to change. And I'd like to hear from you as to if you have any ideas as to how the security situation could actually improve over this miserable government security situation that we have here in this country. At 800-259-9231, as we go to TSA George, calling from D.C. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello.
3: Hey, guys. Hey, hey man. What's hey on George. your mind? Yeah, so what, what what happened, Mark? What did you do? You dropped the soap?
2: <laughs> Apparently, I did.
3: <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I would, love, I would prefer to see the airlines de- deal with it. That way, at least I can... Uh, If I'm working for an airline, I can get the free airfare. So, yeah, I I totally agree with your
4: solution there. So
0: you guys don't get any perks because you don't work for the airlines,
2: huh? Exactly. Now, George, is there any, uh, just, I'm I'm trying to give people uh, advice here as to what to do in this circumstance if you're um, selected for this uh, secondary screening. Um, The gentleman gave me the option of taking the secondary screening, which is the pat down and the wand, or... You smile and you take it. I mean, that's what you do. Is is there any set of magic words one can say to get out of this? Because I don't think there is
3: no no, no it's not. you gotta you gotta either sit smile and nod while they um pretty much violate you and then maybe if you're lucky that you get offered a cigarette mm. afterwards
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> buy you a drink if you're real good <laughs>
3: yeah I, yeah no i can understand this whole frustration with that in the whole war on terrorism wonder cindy sheehan quit for example
0: yeah i wanted to get to that that's uh, been sitting in my prep pile for a couple of days now cindy sheehan has uh, thrown in the towel at this point she's burnt out on this whole activism thing
1: mm.
3: I can't blame her for that. How the Democrats caved in, yeah. but also what I wanted to, wanted to talk about when I called is um, I'm going to Australia this November mm-hmm. for a few, for two weeks, and I, I put some I booked some flights within Australia to see, um, to see the other um, cities. And you want to believe how high the taxes are just to book an airplane trip? Here, here here's a hint: just from going from Cairns to Adelaide, um, the ticket itself was only 110 dollars. Guess how much the taxes are?
2: Fifty. Eighty nine, eighteen. Whoa! Wow, they're getting a they're getting a big seventy five percent tax. tax. Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> and they didn't fly the plane or do anything. <laughs> yeah, no joke. I
3: mean, I'm pretty much paying ninety dollars in taxes, almost almost a full fare here. Wow. I mean, l- luckily though, our exchange rate is pretty favorable. I mean, God, I can't believe Australian dollars worth even less than ours. Still <laughs> though, man,
0: that that's a, that is just atrocious.
3: Yeah, tell me about it. You'll have
0: to let us know when you get back from the trip. You'll have to uh, call in and sort of give us the rundown on Australia's security bureaucracy and you know how they're worse or better or or whatever. You know what your analysis. Oh, I can't is. wait. As a security wait. professional, thanks for the call, George. We look forward to hearing from you Hello. on that. 800-259-9231. It's Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Tom in New Hampshire. Tom going once. Tom going okay. twice.
4: Okay, now I'm on. Hey Tom. Uh, when when a cop asks you. If you've got a problem with that, the comeback is, what are you, the attitude inspector?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's and a they, lot of them I thought of uh, afterwards, but now, at, by the, the, way, at this yeah, point I was in. just Tom mentioned
0: last night that he's uh, he is very pusillanimous, which means cowardly. Now it's it's, you know, it's one thing to say that that's a great uh that that's a great line, but to actually use the line is a whole other story because you don't want to piss these guys off too bad. They might just crack your head open.
4: I mean, well, you say, what are you? the attitude inspector, and all of a sudden they realize that if they uh respond like uh if they do anything about that, then they are admitting that they are the attitude inspector see so you you kind of put them in that bind well, what are you the attitude inspector? Hmm. My attitude didn't pass inspection uh, well. You know. <laughs>
2: I sort of realized that um, since I had about 20 minutes till the flight took off, that I was going to either A, get to play with the police, or B, get to get on the plane, but not A and B. Now,
4: uh, you know all about... uh, You you were mentioning the uh, Boston Massacre earlier, and Mm -hmm. of course the the people didn't like all these uh, British soldiers around in Boston and all of that. That was the Revolutionary War. Mm -hmm. But... uh, you know, we don't hear a lot of libertarians talking about the Mexican-American War, and that has a lot to do with uh, our rights and our freedoms. You know why?
0: I don't. This, do tell. This
4: this war broke out in 1846, just after Texas was admitted to the Union. Uh, it was over where to draw the line between Texas and Tamaulipas, uh, this, the Mexican territory and the United States territory, because the boundary of the Department of Texas was right down the Nueces River, and the uh, after the uh, Texans revolted against Mexico, they were claiming a boundary down the Rio Grande, because secessions don't always follow political boundaries, as was later demonstrated with West Virginia. Okay, now. A bloody war breaks out over where to draw the line between the, uh, where the authority of the U.S. government ends and the authority of the Mexican government begins. Okay. Shootouts happen nowadays over where to draw the line between the inherent natural rights of outvoted citizens and the authority some other citizens have delegated to their government. Now... Uh, just as a country has a right to fight back when her sovereign territory is Countries attacked. Countries don't have rights. Forces.
0: Only individuals yeah. have rights.
4: But Well, uh, a country has rights that have been delegated to it by the individuals. Uh, I'm sorry,
0: no. Collectivist and... concepts cannot have rights. It's just not possible. Just use the uh, word powers.
2: that will make him happy. Go ahead, Tom.
4: Okay. Uh, powers have the right to... Uh, fight back when their sovereign territory is attacked by the armed forces of a hostile government mm-hmm. and individuals have a right to fight back when their rights are attacked by the police forces of a hostile government
0: right I, and I understand that you're you're continually trying to make an argument uh nowadays uh, on this show for for essentially violent uh response against the government in this country and no. I, I i i will continue to reject it tom because uh it's it 's just not politically feasible it's not something that is going to result in a win in this particular day and age and and it's frustrating i understand that you know you want to see all this violence happen tom but it's just not the answer it's just not the solution for liberty and it's not going to make our side look good thanks for the call 800-259-9231 he's called in all week long agitating for that we'll discuss it coming up it's free talk live This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with me. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, completely free, including, uh, well... A lot of things, including the archives, an entire year's worth of the show, front page of the website, and I was poking around online looking at. I guess Ron Paul was recently on the Dennis Miller show uh, today. I guess is when that happened, and Dennis Miller is one of the newer, uh, the new blood in talk radio, and um, he's already got a subscription section on his website, just like every other nationally syndicated talk show. That's how they do us. it, and you know they want they want fifty bucks for a year's subscription, and we charge zero. So if you enjoy all those free features, if you like the show, then voluntarily support us by going and shopping at store.freetalklive.com. We've got all kinds of great products, uh, Free Talk Live branded merchandise. We're in the pre-order phase right now. Those pre-order items are actually in the process of being ordered as we speak, pretty much. So we're expecting those in hopefully within the next month or so. As soon as they come in the door... Johnson, our store manager, has everything sort of... He's got his boxes ready to rock and roll. He's just put the stuff in the boxes and send them right out. So to those of you that have been waiting, thanks for your patience. Head over to store.freetalklive.com. Get the uh, the Free Talk Live multi-gadget. Again, Free Talk Live branded merchandise and more all there. Store.freetalklive.com. Now, we've had uh, Tom in New Hampshire calling all week long. And he started out on Monday sort of alluding to the idea of violence as a political solution and i i called him on it and you know confirmed that that is indeed what he was advocating he's advocating it but he's not willing to do it himself and uh and, and i just I, i'll reiterate it again and again in case somebody gets the wrong idea i don't want anyone to get the wrong idea by hearing this guy um, most libertarians are not that way. Most libertarians want to change things on a voluntary basis, whether it be through the uh, through the system. Of course, one could argue that's not really a voluntary basis. But uh, whether using the system or going outside of the system via some something like civil disobedience or something else outside of the system, then uh, that's fine. You know, being changing things voluntarily, great. But using violence against the government is just going to make you look crazy. It's going to result in you being targeted for extermination. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I don't think it's very good for our activists to be exterminated. I, it's not doesn't sound like a, a positive
2: thing for us. No, if you use uh, the, the government, the United States government and governments in general are experts in the use of force. To get on the wrong side of that force is a very bad thing. Um, you know, I could see... In the in the airport incident we were talking about um, in the previous segments there I could see that there was no way to use force in that particular instance and come out on top not one but by Tom's
0: definition and what Tom ad by what Tom advocates if your rights are his his avocation is that if your rights are being violated you have the right to fight back with with
2: violence
1: right or not it doesn't matter. Well there's supposed to be legal recourse if you if your rights are
2: violated too. And that's the idea to keep the the uh, society from being violent. Is but the, we know how effective that is.
1: Well Wait. we we have to have a rule of law in this country again rather than just a rule of force.
0: Oh that I, I would like to have competing law, private law all competing together to that way, the market can determine what the best laws are. But uh, that's not really where I wanted to go this, with this direction. I just wanted to make you know make it very clear that using violence as your solution is not a solution. It's it's the final solution for you because you're going to be bumped off um, as a result of that, or and you'll seriously make, injured, right? And you'll make all the rest of us look or bad. Put in prison. You'll you'll make all the rest of us who are nonviolent and vehemently against using uh, using violence against the state. You'll make us all look bad. And so you know I I don't appreciate that. That sort of attitude being promulgated, I, I think it's it's just it's not what we're all about
2: as libertarians. Well, I'm not mad about it, but I um I just don't think I think it's counterproductive. I, I can understand I don't his think frustration. It's
0: going to work. I understand his frustration. I understand that you know the police state has gone pretty crazy in this country and rights are being destroyed on a. You know, pretty much daily basis in America, and I can understand that you feel like there's a sense of urgency and something must be done and you want to take the extreme approach. But, you know, the fact is the U.S. government is not seen as an invading force. If it were the Redcoats coming back in here, if it were, you know... The Chinese military invading the United States? I don't think anybody, any of us would have a hesitation at saying invading force, obviously being seen as an invading force. They're trying to subdue our freedoms in this country. They should be fought back against. The fact is the American people don't see the government as in, as they invading as as an invading force. they see the government as well something necessary. they see the government as something made up of their friends and their family members in many cases that's who's in the government. people in some cases that you know some people have families uh Julia, my girlfriend, for instance, her whole family's a bunch of bureaucrats. Is it appropriate to shoot your family? No, no. Now, yes, they are using force on people, and that 's awful, but we are more effective as activists when we uh, when we just suffer underneath that force
2: and let everyone else see how violent this government really is it 's about education in whatever fashion it is that you educate people. You can try to elect people to office, and uh, you know that's we 're having some luck with that in new hampshire and, and i I hope that that trend continues. I suspect it strongly suspect it will. But um, you know, any kind of violent reaction is just going to—it's it's out, Yeah, yeah, it'll escalate
0: the situation, and that's mm-hmm. not what—that's that, how violence works everywhere. You know, if you had pushed that cop in your your situation with the T S A, you wanted to, you wanted to, you probably really wanted to get into it with uh, him. It but was, if you had done my, something my like that, my
2: fight or flight um, mechanisms were taking control, and that's the reason I just shut down because I knew that there was no way I was going to win this. But imagine what would
1: have happened to you if you'd pushed that cop. What would have happened? Oh, bad, bad, terrible things. Right, Uh, They would have beaten me up and put me in jail. What would have happened if that cop were a civilian on the street harassing you or bumming money from you? Totally different, right? It
2: would be an entirely different circumstance. But the fact is that they're viewed as morally superior individuals in our society. And that's
0: wrong, and we we can fight back effectively against that view by talking about it, by delegitimizing the state through words, not through violence. If you are violent towards the state, it doesn't do anything to delegitimize it. It just makes you look violent.
1: It legitimizes them. 1-800-259-9231.
0: One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And yes, you're right. It legitimizes them, and it gives them the excuse to crack down further, faster on everybody. On it, exactly right. Well, uh, the people are being violent against us. We need more checks. We need more security.
1: We need more cops. Right. I don't. I don't know about you, but that doesn't seem like a, a good direction to go in. They, Hence, they have production. more men. They've got more guns. They've got more everything, and you cannot do that. You know, and the courts are on their side right. too. And the, you know, the enemies of freedom will always overplay their hand eventually. And and they'll lose. They're going to lose eventually. By it's inevitable. T- it's inevitable. But uh, you know the way things are going, you can you can say, well, we need to stop it before it gets to this point, by being activists and, and and waking people up. And I think a lot of people are waking up now, and that's a great sign.
0: I think Russell Canning,
1: the civil disobedience
0: activist here, he's a publisher of the Keen Free Press at KeenFreePress.com. Russell Canning, we've had him on the show. You can listen to the interview at guests.freetalklive.com. Russell Canning being arrested for something just. Absolutely absurd, like trying to uh, deliver a piece of paper to the IRS here in Keene, being arrested in public for that, uh, and then being held in a jail cell for X amount of days as a result of that – has done more to advance the cause of liberty and spread the message of of freedom and civil disobedience and activism than any sort of violent actions that uh, anyone has taken. I mean, there was, what, Carl Draga here in New Hampshire back in the late 90s, I think, who went off and shot a bunch of bureaucrats, and he's remembered as
2: a madman. Yeah, it's true.
0: Um, you know, it, if he's remembered at all,
2: his his issue seems somewhat legitimate to me. But um, you know, they were it's, infringing it's, on his property. It's rights. a guy who um got overcome by his frustrations, and that's not the guy who's going to win. It's just not. No, and he didn't win. They took the, him out. The um the police systems are set up to handle people that are being violent, and if you think that you're going to win that um, by being violent towards them. You're just mistaken. Let's go to the phones and to the fun. It is Jim in Missouri.
0: You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Jim. Jim in Missouri. Jim going once. Hey, Do Jim. We have Jim. Jim going twice. All righty, then. Let's, uh, we'll try Jim back maybe a bit. Let's go with Sam in Texas on the Amplifier line. Hey, Sam.
5: Hey, guys. I couldn't agree more that nonviolence is absolutely the way to go. And uh, really, you have to have love in your heart for... Uh, your oppressors because they don't see themselves as oppressors mm. they're just you know doing what doing they're from their experience yeah. exactly. and their beliefs and so you just have to expand those beliefs and experiences to include a bigger picture than they have today
0: it's hard to love a uh, love a bureaucrat but i agree with what you're saying they're mm-hmm. just people they're human beings there's a chance that um there's a good chance that if they were to be taken out of the government propaganda and paradigm and all of that and actually put into the marketplace to get a real job where they're actually producing something of value, then their attitude would completely change. They wouldn't have the the weird disincentives that government builds into Mm -hmm. the system and they'd have real market incentives to perform and and be courteous and kind to people again.
1: Yeah, they they have no idea what they're really doing. Most of them don't really understand and the ones who do end up being those activists uh, like Jack Cole and others. Uh, they've been indoctrinated. Yeah, can you imagine that? I mean, that's a
0: great point, Wayne. And, and I know you had something else you wanted to talk about, so hang on. We'll bring you back here in a moment, Sam. Uh, but can you imagine if somebody had shot Jack Cole back in the day in his undercover drug uh, drug cop days? We wouldn't have him today doing what he's doing for law enforcement against Prohibition, which is doing so much to advance the cause of freedom and uh, destroy Prohibition. More on the way. Hour two's coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's your show. We're launching into hour number two, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, completely free, so enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Roll will right back into the phone calls. We go back to Sam in Texas. You're back on Free Talk Live, Sam.
5: Hey, guys. Okay, so I want to... Uh... Well, I've called in about three times sharing my experiences of flying without ID, something I've done quite a bit. Mm. And I have seen like a ratcheting up, as you guys mentioned. Uh, One example is once I've got my boarding pass from the agent and I take it over to security, the first person that's checking ID will see clearly that it says no ID and has the four S's. And they'll still challenge me for an ID, so I'll toy with them for a while. And then eventually when I say I'm not required by law to show you any ID, that seems to be the magic word to kind of shut them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, Mark, last time I called in, at the end of the call, I was kind of left with the impression that you thought I was just kind of hassling the bureaucrats and, you know, what's the point of doing that? And I'm wondering, having gone through this experience, has your is that your opinion to begin with, and has it changed at all based on what happened?
2: No, I think I'm um, more thoroughly uh, enmeshed in that opinion. The reason being is... I was which which opinion uh, but the opinion that I that I had previously is that this is uh, essentially playing with bureaucrats and that you're not going to accomplish uh, anything um, and I'm not saying you I am not going to accomplish anything by not showing them my ID maybe it's a uh, it's an effective protest I don't know I generally don't have time for those kind of things and don't want to you know I don't want to spend my time on that um, but you know I I got to see that essentially there was no winning there's just sort of Playing with them, toying with them, and uh, they didn't like it, and I didn't like it because I can't win. I don't like to lose. So um, the my options, basically, I'm going to just have to steal myself. For you know, I'm going to have some. If I have some trouble, I'm going to do what it takes and and get through it. I've done that plenty of times in my life. That uh, you know, I've done what it took to get through a, a particular situation, as distasteful as it might have been. And um, I, I think for the sake of, uh, you know, my particular uh, sanity, that I'm not going to fiddle with them.
0: Now, Sam, as somebody who um, as somebody who has been flying without ID for a number of times, do you feel like there's some sort of value to it?
5: Absolutely. Um, everything, every interaction that I have, I, I learn from it, I get better. You talked about, you know, the more face time you have challenging the bureaucrats, the better you get at it. And I've mm-hmm. certainly... Uh, improved, and, you know, I, I don't get nervous anymore. I really have fun. I'm relaxed. I'm talking to them about the Fourth Amendment. Not only are there, I'm, am I going into kind of the belly of the beast and causing these bureaucrats to ask some questions that they may not have ever even considered before, but I'm speaking pretty loudly when I do it. So there's hundreds of people that are at the ticket counter that are going through security while I'm being wanted mm. that are hearing bits and pieces of this, And I think it causes them to kind of question, hey, Today I saw a guy go through and he didn't show ID. Is that possible?
0: That's an excellent point. I really like that. In fact, you've actually inspired me to do it again at this point uh, because I like that. I like the idea that you're getting people to check their premises. You know, they see, mm-hmm. they see one guy who's not following the, the approved protocol, but yet he manages to get through. He's okay. Yeah, oh, wow, it's actually true. You don't have to fly with ID. Maybe it will help flip a, a few switches, uh, mental switches, if you will. Yeah,
5: yeah the,
1: the principle and, is a worthy one
5: and I've got a question for you guys. Yes. One of the concerns I get from the ticketing agent is that they need a way to confirm that I am who I say I am, and I'm the ticketed passenger uh, and it, these are you know agents that have been fairly nice that we've had uh, liberty conversations while they were checking me in and, mm-hmm. and I see it as a valid concern that I would like to be able to address in, a, in some way, but I don't know how to do that without. Just showing them my ID. Well, I
0: don't know. I don't personally know if I would have an objection to showing an airline employee identification.
5: Well, but I'm telling them I don't have identification.
0: Right. I liked your line that you brought up tonight. The first time I've heard that line was that I am not required by law to show you identification. That, I think, would be a great line to use on the TSA or any other government bureaucrat, because, as you say, they back down immediately at that particular point, and that's because you're essentially flexing your knowledge of the law compared to their knowledge of the law. Yeah, and,
5: and, and I've gotten some interesting responses. Some people are like, just, whoa, well, you know, I can't believe you just said that to me. But another lady, when I said that, said, God bless you, Mr. So-and-so, you know, have a nice day. And I think she got what I was doing and understood it. Hmm. So, that's yeah, that's very, wild. Things that happen.
0: I, I kind of got the feeling that if I had shown the ID to – do the TSA rec- – I'm just a little muddy on this. Do the TSA require you to show them the ID at any point?
5: Uh, or when it- you're going through security normally? Yeah. No. Well, they have the, the initial checkpoint where they check, yes, ID to boarding pass, and then you're done with it.
2: Okay, so they do. Okay, that's right. what well, I... They, it depends on um, where. At uh, Manchester Airport, where I flew out of, they had a uh, rent-a-cop, an um, a, a airport employee, mm-hmm. checking IDs versus boarding passes. The TSA did not. At Tampa, and I checked this, obviously, at Tampa, the TSA did check my uh, ID versus my boarding pass. Now, the rent cop the civilian employee caught it, the TSA agent did not.
0: Now, the civilian employee in that case, though, Mark, is still a bureaucrat in like 99% of airports because most every airport in America is government-run. So even if he's working for a private company, a private company has been hired by the state, and so I wouldn't have an objection. Um, I would not want to show him the ID either. I would show ID to an airline employee,
1: and that would be it. You know, I suppose if I were going to do this and the airport employee or whoever said, well, we need a way to verify your identity, I'd say, well, you know, I don't think you can de- definitively verify anybody's identity because I could show you a fake ID. And, and you true. and you think mm-hmm. that it was right, but it wasn't. So what's real and what isn't? The, the, the fact is you, you didn't mean anyone any harm. You just wanted to get on the, the plane and go to your, on your flight.
5: Yeah, let me wrap with a couple of interesting facts about the TSA. Sure they were capped at i believe 32,000 employees and that cap was removed so they can grow as big as they want now.
3: Woo-hoo!
5: Yeah. <laughs> and uh also they can issue you a fine. Now they don't tell you they're going to issue you a fine. They send it to you in the mail later. That's correct. If you don't like it, you can uh, write in and negotiate with the TSA, but there's no court hearing, no uh jury trial or anything like well, that.
0: Well, if you don't like it, you can ignore it like Russell Cannon <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't grant it the legitimacy of response personally.
2: I don't see how they can just send you a fine. Um, the TSA decides that you're guilty of something and sends you a fine. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. I, I, you know, there, there needs to be a, uh, a even with a speeding ticket. I can go to court.
5: All the better reason to protest in any way you can, Mark. There
2: you go. Any other uh,
0: thoughts for us, Sam?
5: That's all I got. Thanks, Thanks for guys. the
0: call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's talk to Ed in Nevada or nevada rather Ed. you're on free talk live hello hey this
6: hey. is ed in uh, las vegas
0: yes sir what's I, on your
6: mind i was just gonna i was just going about uh, global warming i was listening to last night's show uh, with that guy in the uh, almost trailer park in alabama about global warming
1: oh um, yeah uh, that guy right
6: yeah, yeah i'm driving uh i'm driving home right now it's 104 in the car and i you know I, alabama may be warm it gets another 20 degrees warmer here and my whole thought is that we don't have something called water in las vegas Mm -hmm. We have a big lake in the Colorado River, but all that goes to California, and the reason why it goes to California is rules and laws that came about. I mean, I don't know the whole country, but 60 years ago or so, 80 years ago when they built the dam, all the water was given to California because they had the population. Well, now there's nothing we can do about it, and all the water that they have on regulations is uh, no grass. You can't. They want everything to be desert landscaping. I mean, it is a desert. That's right. The more the more uh, grass we have, the less global warming. They said the average temperature has gone up in this town. You know, a a couple degrees over the last ten years. It has nothing to do with global warming. It has to do with concrete and barren rock.
4: So you're Not saying that having
0: grass. grass around will keep temperatures lower? How does that work, exactly?
2: Yeah. Well, plants regulate uh, temperatures. Huh, okay.
1: That's news to me. Well, it's I all, no it's all desert. What would have happened to the population in that area if the government never built the dam and just stayed out of it? I don't know, Ed? They've created artificial demand for real estate in an area that what happens if, if there's a, a water crisis or a drought and, you know... It's a very precarious water system out there, and the whole situation is unsustainable. Ed, thanks
0: for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. I'll go ahead and get to the Cindy Sheehan story, because we actually haven't talked about that yet. And it's a pretty significant example of activist burnout, something that we have talked about in the past. And it's very important if you consider yourself an activist or fancy that you might want to become an activist someday. Watch out for burnout. We'll talk about it. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control. Bring up what you want via the toll-free number, is eight and that is 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features there for free, including the wiki, over 1,350 pages created by listeners just like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. That's WIKI. Dot dot com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. That's 800 544 6359 for SACL CAI. As we go to the phones, talk to Bill in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Bill.
7: Hi, guys. Uh, Mark, it's great to hear your voice again. We missed you. Um, Thank you. (laughs) What I was calling in about, I I just tuned in just minutes ago, and I caught the tail end of the conversation with the gentleman uh, with the ID uh, crisis, I guess, at the airports, not wanting to give up uh, information. Um, Hmm?
0: No, no, no. That gentleman was, uh, he was not showing his ID at the airports and was uh, was still able to fly on planes.
7: Okay. Well, I guess he had a concern about, uh, you know, presenting ID to, like, maybe the nicer people, the, uh, ticket agents and Correct. stuff. Um, one of the, there's a couple of ways I think he can go about doing this. First, uh, if he doesn't already have one, he can go to Kinko's and create a, uh, uh, an employment ID of some sort that might have his picture and his first and last name, uh, if that's all they're wanting is a photo ID. I see. Uh, uh, the second way you can go around uh, about it is there are forms on the Internet that uh, are mimicking the, um, uh, I guess, the uh, I know, uh, the identity theft piece of paper that uh, you would get if you filed uh, identity uh, stolen. Uh, It's usually signed by some bureaucrat stating that you are who you say you are and that uh, uh, upon request you have to show it to whoever asks. And Hmm. it usually is uh, uh, embroidered with the state seal of his home state and signed by some bureaucrat. And they usually usually, uh, mark that as acceptable as well. So I thought there was just a couple of ways he can go about doing that without having to fork over his true ID. Uh,
0: ID. But wait a minute, that last one sounds like you're saying that – there are people forging these documents online, and that one should get a forged document? No, and-
7: no, 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 no. The, the, the template is, the wording is, is pre-formatted on a document. You would, since take it to, like, a, a Nora Republic, and Nora Republics can lawfully I put see. the state seal on there. Um, and if he knows a, a police officer in his hometown, that's even better, because then it's all legal, and it can still be used as a legitimate document. Sounds like
0: a I'm lot not, of hoops not, to jump through, but, yeah, I suppose if that's uh, something you want to make an effort out of, you could certainly do that.
7: Yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not advocating anything illegal. I mean, that's just a couple of, uh, of lawful ways of going got around it so that uh, he wouldn't have that problem in the, in the future.
0: I, I got you, Bill, and thank you for the call. We appreciate it, 800-259-9231. It seems to me that it would be just easier to show the ticketing agent your government ID. You've got it on you. You don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops in order to do that. And then when you get to the TSA guy, just say, I'm not required by law to show you ID.
2: Boom. problem solved I, I well I, I I see that they're um, you could say that the problem solved but uh, you know where's the employee um, of the government come in and where where are they a contractor um, you know if you're working for an airline who anybody essentially that does have an airline
0: government. logo okay the airlines don't work for the government they're just a regulated industry just like any other just like the uh, liquor industry
2: they've gotten the reason that they're so regulated is because they've gotten in bed so thoroughly with the government well like most companies they don't realize that they can uh,
0: resist in any way.
2: No, they want the
0: money. Well they yeah they want to do business. They they, they want to fly people from point A to point not B not just
2: that but it's you know they they've uh yeah, there's sweetheart deals and that kind of thing. I'm sure that there's money changing hands, lobbyists, I don't know. that I whole there I'm sure there's keeping people out of competition you know. Probably licensing.
0: there's something going on, but I mean they all are, you know, there's still some level of competition there. They are paying to access the the wings of the airports that their uh, that their planes are allowed to access and So, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say they're an extension of the government. They're just businesses trying to do business under a regulatory atmosphere, as most businesses are. The line
1: between them is is more blurred than it should be.
0: Maybe so. Uh, But nonetheless, uh, I wouldn't say it's any more blurred than the liquor industry and the government. They're pretty tied in together, too. 1-800-259-9231, One on You know, with all their mandatory middlemen and all that, all the laws that protect the guys that just pass the beer through their hands to the to the end distributors. How you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's all that's about. All right, let's uh, let's see here. Cindy Sheehan has thrown in the towel from the real Cindy Sheehan. Apparently, this appeared on her blog's, uh blog site. It's called "Good Riddance, Attention, Whore." I've endured a lot of smear and hatred since Casey, that's her son, was killed, and, I, and especially since I became the so-called face of the anti-war movement in America. Especially since I renounced any tie I have remaining with the Democratic Party, I've been further trashed on such liberal blogs as the Democratic Underground. Being called an attention whore and being told good riddance are some of the more milder rebukes. I've come to some heartbreaking conclusions this Memorial Day morning. These are not the the spur-of-the-moment reflections, but things I've been meditating on for about a year now. The conclusions that I've slowly and very reluctantly come to are very heartbreaking to me. The first conclusion is that I was the darling of the so-called left as long as I limited my protests to George Bush and the Republican Party. That's right. Of course, I was slandered and libeled by the right as a tool of the Democratic Party. This label was to marginalize me in my message. How could a woman have an original thought or be working outside of our two-party system? However, when I started to hold the Democratic Party to the same standards that I held the Republican Party, support for my cause started to erode. And the left started, and I like how she's putting left and right in quotes now. Yeah. uh, And the left started labeling me with the same slurs that the right used. I guess no one paid attention to me when I said the issue of peace and people dying for no reason is not a matter of right or left, but right and wrong yeah and that is so correct it's so profound isn't she she gets it she is she's getting it now and you know hey it takes time to to figure these things out but that's what it's all about at least here on free talk live is what's right and what's wrong left and righter we've left those by the wayside years ago and now cindy sheehan's doing the same unfortunately she's now burnt out on on doing anything at all from what it sounds like
2: well, she, I can understand. I mean, she thought that the Democrats were the ones that were going to save us, and there's a lot of people out there that believe the Democrats are going to save us because right. the Republicans have been so bad. Um, and what have they done? I, You know, the Democrats have been in power a great deal in this country, and I don't think that they've um, done a great job, but they've gotten us in quite a few wars in the last century.
0: And they haven't done anything to get us out of this one either. No. Nothing serious, at least. I'm deemed by, uh, she says, I'm deemed a radical because I believe that partisan politics should be left to the wayside when hundreds of thousands of people are dying for a war based on lies that's supported by Democrats and Republicans alike. It amazes me that people who are sharp on the issues and can zero in like a laser beam on lies, misrepresentations, and political expediency when it comes to one party refuse to recognize it in their own party. Blind party loyalty is dangerous whatever side it occurs on. People of the world look on us Americans as jokes because we allow our political leaders so much murderous latitude. And if we don't find alternatives to this corrupt two-party system, our representative republic will die and will be replaced. How about that? She actually called it a representative republic. Go, girl. All right. we We'll come back with the rest of Cindy's story and why she's given up and uh, and how it can apply to your life as well. At 800-259-9231, it's important lessons for everyone to learn here, especially anyone that fancies themselves an activist for liberty. 800-259-9231, if you want to share your burnout story, if you're a longtime activist, you probably have one. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, including the updates. You get signed up. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. In fact, uh, I just sent out an update. I think it was yesterday. We've got a brand new auction online. We're auctioning off the fourth banner on our website for an entire month. You can advertise pretty much any product, service, or organization if you win the auction. So head over and place your bid at
2: auction.freetalklive.com. The banners for a month, not the auction.
0: Thank you. Yes, the auction takes seven days. Right. Uh, in probably six days at this point. And so, if you want to get signed up for the updates, head over to updates.freetalklive.com. Like everything else on our site, it is completely free. That's updates.freetalklive.com.
2: The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Pork Fest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Pork Fest, you'll be able to tour New Hampshire on special FSP tour buses or on your own, and hear and discuss the progress and future of the Free State Project. Register today at porkfest dot com. That's P O R C F E S T dot com. It's uh June eighteenth through the twenty fourth, so it's, come it's up coming real up soon so yep. you get your tickets now.
0: Be here before you know it. Actually I don't think there are tickets for Porkfest. You just get registered. Okay. And um, there's no actual cost to go to Porkfest beyond the fact that if you want to camp, you obviously have to pay to camp. Uh, but as far as admission to Porkfest, it's they're asking for a ten dollar donation. So, you know, if you don't have ten bucks, then you don't have to pay it. Uh, So porkfest.com. But I'm sure they'd really appreciate it if you did. Cindy Sheehan and writing her essentially swan song, I suppose. I'm not sure if that's the the, the correct terminology, but uh, she's out. She's thrown in the towel. She's done with this whole activism thing. She's pretty burnt out. And understandably, uh, she's a woman who got active after her son Casey was killed over in Iraq. And uh, she got a lot of attention for the things that she did, and much of that attention was worthwhile. I mean, she did some really great uh, anti-war activism. She really was one of the the very few noteworthy agitators out there agitating for the end of, of this war. And unfortunately, as she continued to go about doing her activism and, and post blogs online and interact with people from different political parties and strata, she uh, came to the realization that, Things are messed up as hell in America. As she's pointing out, uh, she points out that it's not about right or left, it's it's about right and wrong, but yet she's very disappointed by this sort of party... adherence that people have in this country, the red team versus blue team mentality, our team versus your team, right or wrong, doesn't matter, whatever our team says is correct, whatever your team says is wrong, that's sort of just mindless crap that we see Mm -hmm. every election cycle in America.
2: And it really is a a team sort of thing. It's just like people that uh, like their um, hometown sports team, or any sports team, for that matter, because you know there, there's no good reason to like the team um you know i happen to like the tampa bay buccaneers i'm from tampa bay that's about the only thing i have with the tampa bay buccaneers most of the players aren't from tampa bay they may live right. here now but that's because they've been hired by the team
1: um or live there i should say right i i live in Keaton, new hampshire would, but
2: i was in uh, tampa bay earlier today <laughs>
1: And when somebody from one of the, the rival teams ends up going to your team through free agency, all of a sudden he's a good guy. Right. <laughs> sudden, suddenly I like him. You know. So the
2: name Tampa Bay and the colors red and pewter, and, right. and that's about the only thing that I can really get into.
0: So she points out uh, that, she said, If we don't find alternatives to the corrupt two-party system, a representative republic will die and be replaced with what we're rapidly descending into with nary a check or a balance, a fascist corporate wasteland. I am demonized because I don't see party affiliation or nationality when I look at a person. I see that person's heart. If someone looks, dresses, acts, talks, and votes like a Republican, then why do they deserve support just because he or she calls himself a Democrat? I have also reached the conclusion that, I am do- that if I'm doing what I'm doing because I'm an attention whore, then I really need to be committed. I've invested everything I have in trying to bring peace with justice to a country that wants neither. If an individual wants both, then normally he or she is not willing to do more than walk in a protest march or sit behind his or her computer criticizing others. I've spent every available cent that I got from the money that a grateful country gave me when they killed my son and every penny that I've received in speaking or book fees since then. Wow. I've sacrificed a 29-year marriage and have traveled for extended periods of time away from Casey's brothers and sisters, and my health has suffered and my hospital bills from last summer are in collection because I've used all my energy trying to stop this country from slaughtering innocent human beings. I've been called every despicable name that small minds can think of and have had my life threatened many times. So, pretty sure she wasn't doing all this for attention.
2: Well... Uh, she could very well have been doing it for attention. It's difficult to know what, oh, a, per- come on, what a person is doing it for. Um, I mean, they, she could be that a committed to getting attention. She's seriously committed to what she was doing. That's all I'm saying. She's seriously committed.
1: You know, attention can be a small component of it, but I think there, was more, uh, there were more higher aspirations there than attention.
0: Well, she certainly wanted attention for her message, and what's wrong with that? That's right. She did a lot of hard work in order to, pro- uh, to promote her message.
1: It should have gotten attention. We all like attention. That's why we're here behind the mic. The most devastating
0: conclusion that I reached this morning, however, was that Casey did indeed die for nothing. His precious lifeblood drained out in a country far away from his family who loves him, killed by his own country, which is beholden to and run by a war machine that even controls what we think. I've tried ever since he died to make his sacrifice meaningful... Casey died for a country which cares more about who will be the next American idol than how many people will be killed in the next few months while Republicans and Democrats play politics with human lives. Mm. It's so painful to me to know that I bought into this system for so many years and that Casey paid the price for that allegiance. I failed my boy and that hurts the most. I've also tried to work within a peace movement that often puts personal egos above peace in human life. This group won't work with that group. He won't attend an event if she's going to be there. And why does Cindy Sheehan get all the attention anyway? It's hard to work for peace when the very movement that it's named after has so many divisions. Our brave young men and women in Iraq have been abandoned... There were defi- uh, have been abandoned there d- indefinitely by their cowardly leaders who move them around like pawns on a chessboard of destruction, and the people of Iraq have been doomed to death and fates worse uh, worse than death by people worried more about elections than people. However, in five, ten, or fifteen years, our troops will come limping home. Maybe in fifty, I think we're still in Korea. Uh, Come limping home in another abject defeat, and 10 or 20 years from then, our children's children will be seeing their loved ones die for no reason because their grandparents also bought into this corrupt system. George Bush will never be impeached because if the Democrats dig too deeply, they might unearth a few skeletons in their own graves, and the system will perpetuate itself in perpetuity. She's right about that. That's one of the reasons that has been alleged as to why it is that Things just, you know, no one's really challenged effectively in Washington, D.C., and that's because each side has dirt on the other side, and nobody wants that dirt to come out, so they just all leave each other alone. She says, I'm going to take whatever I have left and go home. I'm going to go home and be a mother to my surviving children and try to regain some of what I've lost. I'll try to maintain and nurture some of the very positive relationships that i found in the journey that I was forced into when Casey died and tried to repair some of the ones that have fallen apart since I began this single-minded crusade to try and change a paradigm that is now, I'm afraid, carved in immovable, unbendable, and rigidly mendacious marble. Camp Casey has served its purpose. It's now for sale. Anyone want to buy five acres in uh, beautiful Crawford, Texas, I'll consider any reasonable offer. I hear George Bush will be moving out soon, too, which makes the property even more valuable.
2: (laughs) This is my resignation letter as the face of the American anti-war movement. Why would George Bush move out? He doesn't have to live in Texas anymore because because he's been president. He doesn't have to live in one of the big states any longer. He can go back to Connecticut. She says, this is not my checkers
0: moment. But I, because I will never give up trying to help people in the world who are harmed by the empire of the good old U.S. of A., but I'm finished working in or outside of this system. This system forcefully resists being helped and eats up the people who try to help it. I'm getting out before it totally consumes me or any more people that I love and the rest of my resources. Goodbye, America. You are not the country that I love, and I finally realize no matter how much I sacrifice, I can't make you be, the, be that country unless you want it.
2: Wow, she's it's up to you now. She's clearly a woman who's uh, you know, at the end of her wits. Uh, she she's done everything she can to stop this war and one person exhausted
0: one. all of her personal finances.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh exhausted all of the money that the that uh she was paid as a result of her son dying in Iraq, exhausted all of her book fees and and all of that all to promote her message and to to have it fall on deaf ears, to have her to just be disappointed by nothing changing. You know, I, I wouldn't
2: cash in the chips on America yet, I still have hope for it. Me
0: no, too. I agree with you. I agree with that, Mark, and, and we'll come back and sort of add, and, and pull this apart a little bit here, because you're right. It, there is still hope in America, but I understand completely where Ms. Sheehan is coming from. This is Free Talk Live. Is free Talk Live. It's your show. And you can bring up whatever you want toll-free. At 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And
1: Wayne. And Mark.
0: And you can join us online. FreeTalkLive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away, so enjoy those on us. Though we do ask you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier, like over 380 of our listeners have decided to do for as little as 3 bucks a month. Now it's completely voluntary, so... If you can't afford it, then don't worry. Enjoy all the features on the website for free. But if you can, I mean, it's, what, a cup of coffee, I think, three bucks? That's not a big deal. If you can afford that, then send it our way because it'll make a big difference for us because the more $3 contributions we get, the more it all adds up, the more money that we have to spend on promoting Free Talk Live. Advertise, market, and promote is what AMP stands for. and it, The idea is simple. You send in that money, we turn it around into purchasing... Industry advertisements, so we're reaching out to new radio stations to get the, uh, the show on more stations uh, across the country, and that's working very, very well. In fact, Mark and I are going to be off in just over a week's time at the Talkers New Media Seminar.
2: Man, is it that soon
0: in New York City? And that's one of the things that the AMP Money is going to is getting us out there in front of the radio bigwigs and the decision makers, and you know, showing them that we're a real show and it's really serious about doing radio. And so a lot of this is very, very important stuff. And we wouldn't be able to do it if it weren't for the AMP program. Plain and simple. We just don't have enough money. We honestly just don't have enough money to come in uh, that's
2: coming in otherwise. So We wouldn't be doing uh, getting the half-page ads, that's for sure. We wouldn't be... Uh, nope. uh, Going off to these conventions, we'd be doing the show. So
0: if you enjoy Free Talk Live and you want to help support the show, AMP is the most effective way you can do that. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up today. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And you get some perks like access to the uh, AMP-only call-in lines forum and uh, the uh, also the AMP-only chat room as well. That's amp.freetalklive.com. We're talking about Cindy Sheehan and her throwing in the towel, basically. Uh, she's given up. She says, goodbye, America. You are not the country that I love, and I realized, finally, that no matter how much I sacrifice, I can't make you be that country unless you want it. And you know what? She's right about that. Uh, People have to want – now, I'm not necessarily saying that Cindy Sheehan is uh, a a liberty advocate, but she's certainly on our side when it comes to ending the war in Iraq. And you know, when it comes to getting people to think the way that you do, it can be really frustrating. It can be really frustrating getting people to uh, understand the concepts of liberty and freedom – when they just seem to be completely indoctrinated against it
1: well especially when you go against the establishment whether yeah. it's the pro war establishment whether it's the pro tax establishment whatever the pro whatever the establishment issue when you go against them they smear you in the media no matter what side you appear to be on
0: and Cindy in her article goes down sort of just the 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 typical list of burn sort of offenses. When you're an activist, when you're out there doing things for whatever cause you support, in our case it's liberty and freedom, there are inevitably things you're going to come across that are really going to bum you out. First of all, being a liberty uh, oriented activist, you're going to be bummed out by every election result that, that you ever come across, at least so far. I mean, libertarians lose, lose, and lose again, and uh,
2: they've never won much of anything. Um, you know, There's certainly RLC members that have, but Right, which is why that a lot of liberty-oriented people are getting really excited about
0: the Ron Paul campaign because they can see this sort of real opportunity to actually have a win. That it's it's actually a real sort of grabbable, tangible possibility to have a liberty-oriented candidate win, which of course is only going to contribute to serious activist burnout uh, if he fails uh, in the primary.
1: We'll all so, be back. Including Cindy Sheehan, she'll be back eventually. I think, that's, I think you might be right about that. She, she'll be time. re-energized. I think sometimes you have to recharge your batteries. You have to go away for a while and reflect on what went wrong, who, who maybe you shouldn't have trusted when you did, and, right. and learn your lessons. And then you come back in another capacity sometimes with some new thing that re-energizes you.
0: Cindy also discovered that people are really sort of polarized in this mindless mentality of left versus right, red versus blue, Republican versus Democrat, and she really came to the understanding that, that that whole paradigm is completely useless, and that's good for her. It means that she's rejecting that now, and so anything she does in the future will have that. She'll have that in mind. She'll understand that you know these people that are, ally themselves with one pol- particular political party are just they're, – they're mindless. They don't think about the things that they're doing. They don't – they don't critically think about anything that comes out of their own party as much as they critically think about anybody else's party and what, the, and what they're claiming. And so, so I totally understand where Cindy's coming from on this. I've been burnt out before. I got burnt out on the Libertarian Party for many of the same reasons that uh, Cindy Sheehan was burnt out. I got burnt out because people weren't getting along. They weren't, uh, they weren't working well together. They were arguing over just the most trivial matters and wasting time as a result of that. When we could have been out doing activism, they were bickering over you know some minor details on something.
2: Right. Well, the, uh, I think a lot of people are in the Libertarian Party, and I'm just you know, or any third party, simply because they want to feel like they're a part of something, and you know, be sort of, uh, you know, in, in that uh, organization. It's not like they have an expectation of getting anywhere with it. You know, points of know order and all that, that stuff. I, I don't know. I feel like they do. I mean, that, that's what I feel. like. You
0: don't think the people in the libertarian movement don't think they're going to get anywhere? I'm not
2: saying making a blanket statement. I said some people are okay. in the libertarian party simply because they want to be a part of something. Well,
0: I know that I wanted to make a difference, and it was frustrating to me when everything seemed to just go slow. Right. I don't think. I think
2: there's a lot of people that are dying to do activism. Um, certainly, in the libertarian meetings that I've been to, there wasn't, right. there wasn't a lot of that. And that's
0: another huge burnout factor when you're out there being. And, and Cindy mentions this in, in her blog. When you're out there really leading the fray, when you're creating the Operation Politically Homeless Boots, when you're coming up with the ideas for activism, and you've you know you're you're out there doing it. In fact, maybe even putting your own money on the line. That's what I did. I funded the uh, – when we went to, to do the Sarasota County Fair, I funded all that personally just because nobody else was going to do it. Um, it was my project. I did it, and luckily I managed to get enough volunteers to show up to, to man that booth for the nine days that it, that, it, uh, that it took. But, man, when you get volunteers who don't put their money on the line, when all you're trying to do is get someone to show up for something – Someone who claims to to care about liberty, Mm -hmm. someone who claims to be an activist, when you're just trying to get them to show up and and at the very least call you when they they can't make it or whatever, and they don't do any of that stuff, man, that can burn you out. Let me tell you.
1: Yeah. And you know, you mentioned critical thinking skills before, and that's so important here because look at the educational system in this country in the last 50 years, how they've focused on uh, feelings rather than critical thinking skills. And you know, mathematics is 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 almost like a swear word now. And in mm. the schools, the, those skills that were learned in in, in schools in this country uh, way back uh, when are are almost lost now. I, I heard someone recently saying that that a lot of uh, college uh, graduates now don't even have the education that a high school graduate had in 1950 in this. I country. believe it. Absolutely believe it. it Writing, like reading, math. Yeah, go ahead, Mark. But they it know who
2: American Idol is. Well, yes. it, it just seems like they learn a lot of stuff that just doesn't matter. Um, you know, for the in, in the long term, you know, math obviously makes sense. You, you want to know English, those kind of things. But it, you know, how much of the school day spent going to homeroom and, um, you know, moving kids from class to class mm-hmm. and sure. trying to settle down and, um, you know, roll call and all that other stuff. It just, I don't know. So well, my it teaches
1: m- obedience. We've got to get to the phones
2: here
0: shortly, but my, my message for those of you out there who would like to be activists, or maybe you're going to move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project and that's when you're going to become an activist, is get your feet wet as soon as you can, but get in understanding the things that we've already gone through. Get in expecting ...to encounter volunteers that aren't going to show up, that are going to disappoint you left and right. Get in expecting to have these, you know, petty little uh, arguments at these silly meetings. And if you don't like what's going on, go out, strike out, and start your own group. Be a leader. Don't expect other people to do, you know, to do the hard work for you. And be ready and prepared for burnout. Be, uh, understand that that can very easily happen to you. And if it does... Okay, take a little time off, but definitely come back and join the fray, because liberty is not going to advance without your help. 800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones and talk to Tim in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Tim. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's on your mind?
8: Um, My wife doesn't understand the ideas of liberty and getting the government out
9: of our lives.
2: Oh, boy. Okay.
8: Yeah. Um, I can can reference two uh, direct points. In the past week, and that's just since Monday. It's only Wednesday. Okay. On Monday, my wife got pulled over. Okay. Did you she cry? Had, no, she didn't cry. She had, um, when we went to prom three years ago, uh, it's kind of a tradition. You take the garter belt off and you hang it around the rearview mirror. Okay. That's kind of like a token, you know.
2: So <laughs> I thought that was my, at weddings, but all right. <laughs>
8: well, the, our, the one from our wedding was on there as well. So there were two of them up there.
0: Oh, they're and, still there. Uh, I see.
8: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been three years now. Never been pulled over, never had a problem. She got pulled over yes, or Monday, and the cop had told her to take them off. So she went on ahead and pulled them off, and he was like, you know, I could write you a ticket for this, blah, blah, blah. And he for was riding, riding her her tail to, like for a whole two or three blocks. I guess it's against the law to have things hanging from your rearview mirror. This is a a law I've never heard of. Wait, to have anything
4: hanging or just lingerie? I
8: guess it's a hazard. I guess it's a hazard.
1: Okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: You know what? I want to get back into this. Can you hang through the news? Yeah. We'll bring you back. Hang on. 800-259-9231. Hour number three is on the way. So Tim in Illinois has a wife that just doesn't get the whole liberty thing. And Mark and uh, Wayne, I think you guys will be able to talk to this because I don't have that problem personally. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 3 is coming up. You take control. Our archives, website and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. <laughs> This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. FreeTalkLive.com. All the features completely free, so enjoy those on us. That is FreeTalkLive.com. As we go back right into the phone calls here, Tim has been holding patiently in Illinois. Now, Tim, we had just scratched the surface of your call a few moments ago in hour number two, and you had started mm-hmm. out by telling us that you have a wife. You've been married for, was it three years?
8: Uh, we've been married for almost two years. It'll be two years in August.
0: And you're a fairly young couple. Uh, you said you had just gone to prom not too long ago.
8: Correct, about three years ago.
0: Okay. And would you get married right out of high school?
9: Uh, yeah, basically. Gotcha.
0: Now, you say your wife just doesn't get the whole liberty and freedom thing, and I want to get right. more into that, but first a little bit about you, Tim. How long have you gotten liberty and freedom? I mean, as a young man, you couldn't have, couldn't have been too long, right?
4: Um,
8: well, I've always been a pretty big fan of John Stossel since, like, eighth grade. Oh, wow. So I've kind of always got it, and um, I picked up on it pretty early. Uh, I was a Democrat when I was younger, but that's because my dad was, mm-hmm. and um, I've kind of grown uh, in, in Liberty.
0: Excellent. So, now, so your wife has been with you for the last uh, three years, basically, and has she just, she just hasn't picked up on the things that you've been picking up on. You feel like you haven't been effective in communicating the ideas to her, and you were giving us one example, but I just wanted to, you know, sort of have you expound on that a bit.
8: Right. Um, well, she was just driving down the road, and um, a car, a, the cop came behind her, and followed her for a couple of blocks, and then, you know, flashed his cherries. And um, so she pulled over to the side. He pulled over. He took, like, ten minutes getting out of the car. He got out of the car, and he came and said, you know, those uh, those things dangling from your rearview mirror, that's against the law. And she's like, really? I didn't know. He's like, well, you know, I could write you a ticket for this. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, Oh, no, I had no idea. I'll take them down. And he's like, yeah. And so he asked for her, her driver's license and uh, her insurance. So she's digging around looking for her insurance and everything, and he just continues to just, just spout out different things, like, you know, I don't got all day. And so she After finds he insurance made her card, wait 10
0: minutes. Go ahead.
8: Right. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, she gets out her insurance card and her license and gives it to him. He goes back to the car, and he wrote her out a warning for Having uh,
0: the thing like, Tim, are, just, you uh, a, uh, are you on a are you on a voice over IP line at all? No I'm not. Okay. Cell phone? Yeah. Alright, it's, it's getting a little bad. It's a little iffy, but go ahead. You're still uh, understandable. Alright. Yeah, and uh
8: so he's like just don't let it happen again and uh it went about his merry way.
0: So wait, and did you I, say it was a warning or a ticket? I missed that. It was, it, a, war- it was a warning. Okay. He could have written her a ticket. Got it.
2: He did her a favor. Well, I'm going to let you right. go on having something hanging from your rearview mirror today, ma'am, but don't let it happen again. Exactly. I wonder, you know, it makes you wonder how many uh, robberies, murders, rapes occurred in town at that particular time. Mm-hmm. I don't know yep. that any did, but couldn't he have been working on some that had happened in the past instead of hassling somebody about something hanging from the rearview well, mirror? Well, that's his job,
0: Mark. That's
8: That's the same Not. point I made to her, and she says, well, you know, it just makes me feel safe. Oh, my there goodness. There who, she had
0: been driving yep. with it there for three years.
8: Right. But she, you know, and she just says, you know, it makes me feel safe knowing that, that someone, you know, actually cares about something like that. I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't this know. This is ridiculous.
1: A... You know, a lot of times cops pull over. Uh, they try to find reasons to pull over young, pretty women, too. Yeah,
0: that's that's correct. Yeah.
1: So just I've heard ridiculous. that happen before.
0: So she believed that the cop was actually protecting her in that particular right. case.
8: I told her you should have just, you know, you should have just said, hey, you know, I've had these on here for three years, never been bothered. Uh, I don't see why it's an issue. I'm going to leave them. He writes you a ticket. We fight it in court, and we win. And she's like, yeah, but I really just didn't want to be a bother. And like, it's not about being a bother. It's you know, it's the principle of the thing. It's right. not, you know,
1: asserting if there rights. is
8: a law. If there is a law against that, it's a ridiculous law, and you know, let's try and sort this out. I but wonder how she
0: you... would have. I wonder how she would have felt if the cop had confiscated the garter. It was a garter belt, correct? Right. Right. I wonder how the I mean... co- how she would have felt then. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, ma'am, I'm going to let you off with a warning today, which means he wouldn't have to enter any paperwork whatsoever. So, but I will need to be confiscating that as uh, as evidence. I'm, I'm contraband. Some
2: of, I'm going to be taking some <laughs> of your undergarments just as evidence here. Right. <laughs>
0: We need to it's run so some ridiculous. tests. <laughs> so what was, you said you had a second example for us? Yeah.
8: Well, unfortunately, since we are a young married couple and we have a we have well we have two babies. Wow. Um, we are unfortunately on um, the the Illinois government health care. Okay. Uh, I myself have never gone to the doctor because I just don't want to deal with it. Right. But because we have babies, we have to deal with that. Is my it your wife, whole
0: family she, that's on or just the kids? Correct. Wait, which my one's wife correct? As well. Okay, everyone. Uh, my Got wife, my, yeah, everyone, even including myself,
8: I don't get involved. Got it. I've never been to the hospital doctor. I just let things just work themselves out.
1: Mm-hmm.
8: So my wife has, has asthma, really bad asthma. So, you know, she goes to the doctor occasionally to get refills of albuterol. Okay. What is it? And albuterol. Okay. I don't inhalers.
0: Yes, go okay. ahead, sir.
8: For asthma. And um, so we're on the government healthcare care thing, and she got a packet in the mail for this, like, specialized um, asthma program, and it was sent directly to her. And, I, you know, I asked her, how, how do they know that you have asthma? You know, why why would they send this directly to you and not to our family or whatever? She's like, well, I'm sure they probably, you know, look at my records and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, sure. That's that's doctor-patient confidentiality. Why, you know, regardless we're on the government healthcare system, but you know there's got to be some sort of law there that they're breaking. Hold
0: on, who sent sent the wait wait who sent the package? I'm not too clear on that.
8: The the government healthcare program.
0: Well, why are you surprised and shocked that the government has the information that you've given to them? I don't know what what the issue is.
8: Well, I mean, because we go and see doctors; they're not state doctors.
0: They might they're as well just be doctors. right.
8: Well, it, it right. sounds
2: like he might be right that it might be a HIPAA violation. I don't know. I mean, of course, the government seems uh, to be sacrosanct. Uh, of course, they wouldn't misuse your information.
0: Well, you get in, you get right. into bed with the state, and they're going to collect all the information they can and use it in whatever way they want to. I mean, that's just a, that's just a fact.
8: Right. And, and her whole stance on it was, well, you know, it's kind of cool that they have this information, and you know, if anything happens, they know it's wrong. I'm like, yeah, but that's that's just not. You just don't understand.
0: Do you feel like you've uh, Do you feel like you've gotten anywhere with her over uh, the last few years?
8: Um, I, I, she understands the whole marijuana thing, but that's that's as far as it goes. It, okay. Um, huh. She thinks that my support of Ron Paul is in vain. That it's not going to go anywhere. Um, I, I don't know. I, I try and talk to her, and is she is she generally her side? does she
0: tend to be apolitical, or does she take a position um, on anything?
8: Well, she took the uh, world's smallest political quiz, and she was right in the center, mm. dead center. So, I mean, well, she that's
0: better, in, than, she that's better than a zero-zero. I mean, it's better well, than no, being an authoritarian. No, no
2: it, it, what that means is she answered maybe to everything. Pretty right. much, yeah. It means that she's apolitical. She just doesn't right. know. Um, she feels comfortable that the police are pulling her over for having her undergarments hanging from the rearview mirror. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know. I mean... It's, it, she's just not a political type person. Now, as
3: a uh, that doesn't a, mean
2: she's not a good wife. As a man who has
0: a wife who is formerly in the uh, working for a bureaucracy, who I don't know, would you describe her as political? I, I don't know her well enough to make um, that call. Yeah, I, I would.
2: I would say somewhat.
0: So, I mean, what would you as a uh, and you, you too, Wayne? Um, your Wayne, your wife is probably even more apolitical than, than Marx.
2: Yeah, but if she were a
0: bureaucrat,
1: she'd be in everybody's business.
0: What, uh, what would your your advice be uh, to, to Tim here as
2: far as, you know, how to approach helping nudge his wife along the right direction? Um, Tim, your relationship with your wife is uh, a personal one, and I would assume that you love her deeply and, and get along with her on a whole bunch of levels, and right. I wouldn't get frustrated at all. You might, um, you know, you can point things out to her, but I wouldn't get emotionally involved in what I was trying to point out to her if she gets it or doesn't get it, because... That's not what your relationship's about. Be you know, be your libertarian self, but don't try to jam it down her throat because that's not going to really uh, amount to anything. You know, so you're saying don't lessons. compromise
0: your principles for her, but at the same time, don't jam your principles down her throat.
2: I'm not saying that you can't do some compromises. I think that uh, I think that putting the fam- you know letting the family go on state health care, although I wouldn't like it and he doesn't like it. If you can't get anything else and you don't have a lot of money, eh, I can understand.
0: 800-259-9231. Tim, thanks for the call. We'll have Wayne answer after the uh, after, in a moment here. And uh, your calls as well. If you've got some advice for Tim, if you've had a uh, reluctant spouse, whether a male or female, would love to hear your story as well. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. If you're show, you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. The Seykel CAI toll free line for you. That's 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features completely free, including live streams, broadband version of the show, dial-up version, both for free, free freetalklive.com. And wouldn't it be great to have an ex-narcotics officer be your personal coach to keep you from getting busted with marijuana? go to nevergetbusted.com to view clips of the recently released DVD that's gained world attention that's nevergetbusted.com so we just uh we had tim on the show a little while ago one of our callers from illinois and he was talking about how he's uh, he's got a young wife and uh, they've been together for 3 years or so and uh she had a run in with the police recently and it was just sort of a silly little thing where they demanded that she take a, a garter belt down from her uh, from her rearview mirror, because apparently it was violating the law that prevents you from having things hanging from your rearview mirror in Illinois.
2: Who knew that this law existed? Uh,
0: apparently they didn't, because they'd had it up there for three years and no one had gotten hurt yet. Yeah, but nonetheless, uh, she felt as though she would being she were being helped by the police officer in that particular case, and she was totally a okay uh, with the cops' involvement in her life in in that area. And it sort of bring he brought brought us back to you know the question of or I brought it, uh, us to, you know, the question of if you have a spouse, whether they be husband or wife, who is reluctant to to understand, to comprehend the concepts of liberty and freedom, what are the best ways to help them with that without being pushy, you know? What are the best ways to slowly sort of inculcate them uh, with your viewpoint uh, without making them angry? And uh, Wayne, I wanted to have you sort of chime in on this as as a man in a similar situation, though you've been married for a lot longer.
1: I've had mixed results. I think the best thing, the thing that works the best, is to ask questions that that kind of steer them into the, the direction you want to go. Uh, is as passionate as you are about liberty, because you know you understand the concept. Most people around you don't, and and you just have to put out well placed questions to make them think about their assumptions about things. So you want to drip over time with people and not. Not hit him with a fire hose right away questions are
0: so critical and it's not just uh, they're not just important for dealing with a spouse or a loved one but with a co-worker or with anybody else that you're interested in helping uh, discover Liberty mm-hmm. you really can't puke it on them you um, it's it's not effective communication to just puke out all your libertarian principles and and viewpoints all over somebody and expect them to just absorb it up and say yes you're right I've been waiting for you you know that's just right. not the response you're
2: gonna get because to some extent that's saying you have um you know to that person you haven't thought- about this issue at all, so therefore, you're kind of dumb. Yeah. You know, they, they haven't had a chance in their entire life to form an opinion on it. People have to come to decisions on their own. On their own. Yeah. And, and that's uh, what
0: questions allow
2: them to do. They it, have to be, you know, they have to be their idea.
0: A good question basically it plants a seed. It plants a seed of an idea of a concept and allows that person to analyze that at a later date when they're laying in bed trying to go to sleep, that question's gonna come back at them at that point, and that's when they're gonna start to really flip it over in their head. Because if you start to push an issue or you push a viewpoint on them when you're face to face with somebody, they're gonna reject you. Especially if they have an opposing viewpoint at that particular point in time. They're gonna reject you and whatever it is that you say and they're not gonna think anything else about it. If they do think something else about it, they're gonna think, Boy, that Wayne Sheet, he sure is a jerk. Or Mark,
2: or or they're going to figure out ways to, that about me, to bolster their argument. Um, I, I think they're right. They dig in further and they come up with their defenses. Not every time. Sometimes even in an argument, somebody can make an a, um a a point that people will think about. But I don't it's know. Very very rare. You have to have people. What you have to be dealing with there is a person who's willing to look at things logically as opposed to emotionally. And most people are looking at things emotionally.
0: So asking questions is is critical. It's an art. It's something that takes practice. There are some really great uh, tapes and books out there. The Advocates for Self-Government, super organization that is dedicated to helping people communicate liberty effectively to their friends, coworkers, and family members, and total strangers as well. Uh, I would recommend going to theadvocates.org and look into the book by Michael Cloud that I should know the title of considering i am it's the one I'm in the middle of reading right now, Secrets of Libertarian Persuasion. Is I believe the title. It's based off of an old audio tape set that he had back in the 1990s, which is also excellent. A lot of the same information. There's just you know the audio version and then there's the the book version. Uh, great examples of essentially verbal judo, where you take you know uh, people's you take people's assertions about government and you basically you turn around and you use their own points um, to ask really. Um, important questions that get them into that thinking process that plant those seeds and what's most important is understanding that this is a process it's a learning experience that takes time and no one's going to convert overnight this
2: could take years and what's most important to people um you know when they're adopting new ideas or deciding to buy a product or you know all kinds of decision making um reasons is relationships they care about the relationship they have with you. Mm-hmm. If you're the relationship, um, your relationship is adversarial in a particular area or in general, they they don't want that relationship. They're not going to learn from that. Mostly, um, you know, what matters to them is how you present it to them. So if you present it to them from the point of view that I have your best interests at heart, there you go.
0: Now obviously the way to uh, leapfrog all this and avoid it all is to not get involved in a status relationship in the first place and find an existing libertarian but oh, that's please. very
2: difficult. I don't I don't think I don't think I even agree with
0: that. Well and I and I'm with you on that Mark in that if you get into a relationship with someone who's ideologically different from you in some ways then that gives you that opportunity to convert that person and create a new libertarian. Whereas instead of taking an existing libertarian off the market, so I don't.
2: To speak, I don't think that that uh, that doesn't come into play at all for me. No? I think that uh, the I you know you're looking for personal relationships with somebody who's very who's compatible with you. Look for that and uh, forget your political ideologies. Now I'm not saying they don't come into play. Obviously somebody who's a uh, you know dyed in the wool socialist isn't going to get along with me, but they don't have to be a um, tried and true libertarian libertarian. libertarian for me to get along with them any more than they have to be to be a friend or anything else like that i i want to know you know who i get along with
0: by the way mark um people had asked i think people have asked this in the past if there was a libertarian sort of matchmaking service out there because that's actually in pretty high demand amongst libertarians because it's hard to find libertarians and you know be good to get them together
2: because they're fringe zealots okay go ahead we're not (laughs)
0: zealots and nor are we fringe Uh, our our position is the correct position and it makes sense and it's it's right Uh, But I I don't know if you can approach these guys from an advertising perspective because they don't actually charge for their website, but I figured I'd give them a free mention because I came across it. Libertarianpassions.com. There actually is now, and it looks to be relatively new, Mm -hmm. uh, there actually is a website that is dedicated to bringing liberty-minded people together for relationships, which I think is pretty darn cool, and it's been in high demand. Our listeners have been wondering about that, libertarianpassions.com. I can't vouch for it or anything like that, but it seems pretty neat, and they claim it's free. Yeah, well, I'll be talking to them about advertising. All right, 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Frank in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Frank.
10: Hi, how are you doing? Great, what's up? Yeah, I I just wanted to, you know, again, say that, you know, I really support what Cindy Sheehan did in the sense that she really uh... did her best to focus attention on the upfront tragedy of the uh, the troops that have been committed to uh... afghanistan and iraq and the interesting thing is it's such a small part of the population that, uh... you know i thought she did a terrific job challenging the status quo the current bush policy And again, I think the lesson that she learned and that we all have to learn is that we can't expect a political uh, official or an elected official to really do what we're going to have to do, you know, as... uh
0: I'd like to know what you say. When you say what we're going to have to do, I'd like to know what you mean by that. So hang on. Hang on. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. This SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne and Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system. Over 235,000 posts, over 1,400 people interacting, lots to talk about, serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all discussed And it is all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com.
2: The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click Join Us Today. We'll find liberty together. That's RLC.org.
0: As we return to the phones, it is Frank in New York. Now, Frank, uh, you uh, had said before we went to break there that political officials, you were talking in regards to Cindy Sheehan and her throwing in the towel, uh, getting sick and tired of activism and not really feeling like she was doing what much, which, by the way, I think Cindy Sheehan had a huge effect on a lot of people. But nonetheless... I do, too.
10: I, I commend her immensely because it was very courageous for mm-hmm. her to do. But I think what we have to realize is that the Democratic Party and the Republican Party both got us into this mess. And they really didn't challenge uh, the information or actually read the enabling legislation that allowed the uh, commitment of troops to go through. But I think when I said we're gonna have to, uh, you know, we just can't trust the elected politicians, by that I mean on the grassroots level, the voters and even the non-voters are going to have to go to the representatives. They're going to have to turn out at the uh, rallies against the war to bring the troops back. And they're going to have to actually begin to realize that even though we have confusing executive orders and legislation that has been passed, you know, by a Senate and a Congress that hasn't even read the legislation they've enacted, Mm -hmm. uh, that the individual and the Constitution still is the supreme law of the land. And if it means that the individuals are going to have to have class-action suits in the federal courts... uh, Can you sue
0: the... I don't think you can sue the government like that.
10: Well, the point is, there will be cases whereby individuals' rights have been... Violated, such as the uh, there's an appeal not going on with the American citizen that was detained at Guantanamo, and the fact that you know they still haven't been able to have access to the charges and his attorneys, mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that the uh, federal court, not the Supreme Court, has stated that. Uh, the military courts have legislation over that. That case is going to have to make it to the Supreme Court so that the legality of the uh, alternative military courts being applied to American citizens in violation of you know, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, uh, that has to be resolved legally. Now... The only way to really which they may them,
0: just resolve it and say that they just might just uphold it, you know, they might do that. Well,
10: the point is, but, but the point is, the Supreme Court really doesn't want to deal with that, nor does the uh, federal court, nor does the Bush administration, nor does Attorney Gonzalez, and certainly not the former Attorney uh, Ashcroft. They don't want to deal with that because ultimately, uh, you know, it, it will undercut the system and the administrative. Uh,
0: It'll undercut their I guess power. A, a
10: legal mechanism that they you know, set up in 2001, 2002, 2003. Right, which has now
0: been made legal by the Military Commissions Act of 2006. Correct,
10: and that even should be challenged because that affects the... Uh, but you're saying... There is no check and balance regarding when the government, the executive, or the Justice Department can call anyone, uh, an, a citizen, an enemy, combatant, or... Uh, You know, even when they aren't engaged in, you know, any military activity. So there's so many uh, unconstitutional provisions within that that it has to be really struck out. And the bad news is we know with the history of the Civil Rights Movement and different things that it can take up to 10, 15, 18 years going through the... Uh, judicial system and by that time many many people's lives have been ruined That's, and it's, by the that true, time...
0: it's a true tragedy and, and frank you're absolutely right and thank you for the call we appreciate it at 800-259-9231 he's right i mean the the court system moves like molasses it's it's slow and people will lose their lives in the meantime but you know are the republicans and the democrats going to lead the charge to put a stop to all this not really maybe ron paul
2: not to mention the court system's extraordinarily expensive and prohibitive for that very reason. Right. You know, if uh, it is sometimes, a lot of times, it's just not worth do, um, taking to court what's right simply because it'll cost you your life savings.
0: Yeah, the Pentagon's got a lot of money to spend in the in the courts if they need to. 800-259-9231. five nine ninety two thirty one. I'm not saying it's not worthwhile, but maybe it's not worthwhile. Then again, what do you do? I mean, what what do you do to put a stop to this? The Guantanamo Bay crap. All the other awful things that the government is doing in your name with your tax dollars. I think that instead of lobbying your legislators, I think it would be more effective to uh, do some civil disobedience and promote those few candidates that are out there with a true principled anti-war message. If Ron Paul, for instance, gets a real uh, significant amount of support behind him, as it seems like he's getting on the Internet, if that translates into everywhere else and Americans really kind of get excited by his message – and he's being promulgated and promoted out there to where people can hear it and say, "Yeah, finally, somebody with you know, little get us out of this war and shut down Guantanamo Bay and all these other things." I don't know if, if Ron Paul will do that. I presume he would. We would have to ask him that uh, personally. Yeah, I believe he would. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, having uh, having that one candidate get promoted will inevitably result in other candidates adopting his. Uh, his mentality They'll they'll adopt his message They'll co-opt it uh, to a certain extent Whether or not they'll actually do anything about it When they get into office That's a whole other question I wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw them But I think he'd be more effective Supporting uh, those few principled candidates That are out there And also civilly disobedient being civilly disobedient, and not paying taxes. I think that if more people would actually go through and, and have the courage to do that, to say, look, this government is not acting in my name. I do not consent to this government anymore. I'm no longer going to be uh, consensually sending my money to this government anymore. And if more people would take that position, I mean, they, don't, they wouldn't be able to lock us all up in prison.
1: A lot of people are blogging now for that very reason, too. There's always something you can do. Uh, no matter how little it might seem to you that that contributes because people do searches they they might pull up your blog and your your blog entry might be featured on the evening news one night who you don't know you're right you, you never know whose life uh, life you're going to touch when you reach out there
2: well the way we the people organizations essentially doing what you you've said is they're withholding their taxes until they get some answers to their questions and i think that this is a pretty good thing that they're doing i uh, give me Org.
0: Yeah, that is their website. They are withholding taxes, and there are several thousand people that are doing that. And they have signed on with a class action lawsuit, so they're sort of attacking it from both ends. They're not only they withholding taxes, but they're also going through the court system as well. And of course, it's taking forever, and the courts are doing everything they can to shut them down on whatever sort of technicalities they can. And it's really just it's really disappointing uh, as far as. They're trying to utilize their first amendment right to petition the government to get a redress of grievances, to get their questions answered. The government refuses to answer their questions. They take it to court, and then the court says, "Nah, we don't have to answer your questions. So, I mean, it's it's getting to the point with the We the People organization that they're about ready to throw in the political towel, at least from the way I read their articles. Um, I don't know if that's where they're going immediately, but it seems like if they can't get a success at the Supreme Court, that doesn't mean they're going to all of a sudden start paying their taxes again. I can tell you that. If they take their case all the way to the top and they lose, as I would expect they would, then they're not gonna all of a sudden just bend over and start giving in, they're going to continue withholding their taxes. And then what? Then what? I'm gonna know. start rounding up tax dodgers and throwing them into camps? eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, let's go to Ian in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello.
4: Hey
9: Hey, what's on um, your mind? Smoking and your slanted view and I just wanted to get Mark's opinion and Wayne's and I listen, I'm, I've been listening for a long time, and I actually was getting mad. I wanted to actually punch the radio for the first time in a long time. Why? Like, with your, your, your view on smoking. Cigarettes? What do you mean? It kills.
0: What, the, the view that smoking and Secondhand killed? smoke. Secondhand smoke. I didn't say secondhand smoke killed. When did I say that?
9: No, no, no. I do.
0: Oh, you're saying secondhand smoke kills. Great. Hang on, Ian. We'll bring you back. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. I wonder if he's going to cite the EPA study for us. Because that's about all there is out there. Let's pull that baby up. This is your show. You take control even in these remaining moments. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free
3: Talk Live.
0: It's your show, and you can take control in these remaining moments by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Just enough time for your call. If you make it now, it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, completely free. Though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Uh by the way that's you know your regular Amazon website you're just entering through our special portal you know Amazon they're the world's largest internet retailer 41 categories of products all kinds of everything from their huge selection of books to DVDs to office products baby stuff furniture i mean sporting goods it's all there including their brand new grocery section even products that you can't even touch like Amazon Unbox there uh, there are people that are that were using amazon.freetalklive.com to actually rent movies and watch them on their computer which is uh, actually pretty nice because we get an even bigger cut of the Amazon Unbox. But basically, you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, and Amazon cuts us a percentage of your sales. So buy whatever you need for life and feel good that, A, you're getting a pretty good deal because Amazon tends to have really good prices. Uh, B, you are also getting free Super Saver shipping on a lot of items. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And uh, C, you're helping Free Talk Live. In fact, I just got the statistics for March. Yes, March. Uh, I just got the statistics for March. And we did more sales in March than we did in either of the Christmas months, Wow. November and December. Really? It dropped off after, you know, expectedly, the, the sales dropped off after uh, December. Uh, so January, February, a little on the lower side in comparison to those two months. I certainly didn't expect it to jump up. We, I think we did something like, I'm just pulling numbers out of my head here, but I think we did something like we got about $800 in commissions in the month of December or eight or nine hundred dollars, and in March we got eleven hundred dollars, which is awesome. That's really helpful in uh, you know promoting
2: Free Talk Live, and,
0: and it's great too because people are buying everything from the littlest items, from you know a box of cereal at the uh, at the grocery store, all the way up to high dollar items. Like a couple people bought laptops, I think, in the month of uh, of March. People are buying books for college. I mean, whatever you need, it's great because we get a cut. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Com. All right. Let's go back to Ian in Georgia. Now, Ian, you are taking me to task for suggesting that secondhand smoke may not be so dangerous after all. You think that it is. What do you have to say about it?
9: For not bringing up the other side. Yeah. Well, I only you know know what there is what uh, what there is in print. Like there is the American What Cancer Society thing, and that has a lot of information on why it's bad.
0: The American but- Cancer Society website or report of some sort. Is it report? Correct. Now most of the uh, most of the reports are usually gleaning their information from the EPA study that was done in the 1983. Oh, okay, uh, now, exactly. Now, and there
9: are new studies as well.
2: Let me read Life. a little bit of um, a, a little bit of print for you from the StraightDope.com. The controversy over ETS, that's environmental tobacco smoke, secondhand smoke, and the EPA report has been marked by accusations of conspiracy bias. Cooked data, so one has to tread carefully. Nonetheless, a few tentative conclusions can be drawn. The first is that under the most charitable interpretation, the EPA's evidence that ETS is carcinogenic comes perilously close to noise level. You're not um, you're not sure if you, what you're seeing is a real effect or just random spikes in the data. The EPA report was based not on original research but on meta-analysis of 11 existing studies. The analysis purported um, to show the ETS, that's environmental tobacco smoke, caused a 19% increase in the risk of lung cancer. Well, it seems like a um, respectably large number. Remember, it comes from an an epidemiological study which attempts to infer casualty based on association in the data. What they they did is they took people who had... um, got lung cancer and had been exposed to um, environmental tobacco smoke and they attributed that lung cancer to the environmental tobacco smoke that does not that dog doesn't, doesn't follow. I'm sorry right there are
9: you but there are UK studies China just let out a study on the smokers um, over like five hundred and forty million Chinese are exposed or something and hundred thousand die now I know what you're saying by that's not a
1: Lot. Well, in China, they're exposed to a lot of far worse things with all the uh, pollution. I mean, it's, it's, oh, with pollution! There is a mess. Right, they're
2: an industrial. They're a, a country that's just now um, seeing their sort of industrial revolution. They don't have the. Uh, the, the- the environmental protections that we do have in the United States. You're assuming that the air in China is like the air it is here. You're also assuming these people aren't coal miners. Yeah, what about the fire? I'm just miners? wondering
9: why. Why would China also say um, there's such dangers for secondhand smoke? And well, it's, it's Europe a government and position. America. It's the government
0: position, dude. I mean, it gives them an excuse to regulate something. It gives them an excuse to control things. They love that
1: stuff. You know, in my early 20s, I was a bartender, and I used to bartend a lot of really busy nights where the place would be wall-to-wall people, cigarette smoke, you could barely see the person next to you. And I can tell you my lungs have cleared up pretty well. But, you know, if I, if I go now, I won't go into a place like that. And, and if I had to, if I were a bartender, I'd find a bar that was smoke-free.
0: You know, it's also the government position in a lot of countries that recycling is the right thing to do, that recycling is helping the earth, that recycling is just wonderful, and that's full of bunk, too. Correct. Yeah. Now, Ian, well, I want to go just... Recycling
9: um, cans, it makes sense. Recycling but no, cans even, is the exception. But if it's right. voluntary, and it's on fine. the pen & Teller bullshit, they have oh, to... Okay, we've
2: got to let you go, pal. Sorry <laughs> Crap, about that. I wanted to talk to him. You can still make your point. Right. Um, the point that I want to make on, um, on, on this in particular is think about Camel non-filter cigarettes. There are people that smoke Camel non-filtered cigarettes every day of their life for 50 years. Mm-hmm. And then they may or may not die of lung cancer. Likely, those Camel non-filters finally cause them lung cancer. Now, that's concentrated, um, unfiltered tobacco smoke, just like the smoke that would be coming off the front of a cigarette that a secondhand smoker might be smoking. Okay, sure. Except it's much more concentrated because you're pulling on the end of the cigarette as yeah. opposed to just having it sort of wafting around in the air around you. And those people make it 50 years. It doesn't make it any sense... I haven't heard of any of them ever. I've never heard of one of them that makes it 10. You know, 10 years of smoking camel non filters, they die of lung cancer which I just I just can't see that the the long-term exposure of this you know uh, this diluted tobacco smoke, it just yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I now, agree. I'm not saying you should sit in a uh, 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 you know closed-up Lincoln Continental with somebody who's smoking. I don't think that that's necessarily good for yeah, you. Yeah, it's not going to
0: necessarily make you feel good or yeah. make you healthy. Unless it's marijuana. <laughs> well, yeah, the
2: could, marijuana yeah. doesn't have the chemicals in it, um, the cancer-causing chemicals in it, that uh, tobacco companies have added to their cigarettes. I don't think tobacco smoke is good for you. I don't think that um, diluted uh secondhand tobacco smoke is good for you the likelihood that it's killing three thousand americans a year sounds like poppycock to me
0: yeah. yeah i'm with you on that let's go to the phones you can take control it is matt in illinois on the amplifier line hey matt hey guys what's on your mind
11: um no, first off on this, the smoking issue why even bother with the studies it doesn't matter the government shouldn't be regulating it one way or another that's but
3: right
0: the
11: marketplace regulates. it good point as, as somebody said, if you want to, uh, if you want to um, go to a place where people smoke, then you go to a place where people smoke. If you don't want to go, you don't go.
2: Yep, you choose. I, I think that that's true. But when you start looking at um, secondhand smoke, you get to the um, for the children aspect, and I think oh, most people most people are going to say that um, child abuse is wrong. Now, child abuse gets into an, um, an issue, uh, you know, the gray area of, um, of degrees. If, uh, you know, beating your child uh, about the head and uh, face with a stick is wrong and uh, illegal is exposing them to secondhand smoke... Just a, a smaller degree of that. And what about exposing them to Barney? I mean, what about that? Right. You know, and the government can come up with all kinds of things. If you're feeding your ch- um, child too many of uh, certain types of foods, um, they get overweight or they're under malnourished. They're not getting enough vitamin C. It's a slippery slope. It's scary. It goes territory. a long
1: way, and we're closer to the end of it than the, the the beginning of it. I'd like to also see more cigarette companies come out with healthier tobacco, because as people know now, that a lot of tobacco has been genetically engineered to have more nicotine in it. To be more addictive, and there's more harmful chemicals in that. I would like to see somebody come out with a healthier tobacco. Don't they have American that's... spirits. I mean, they, they have that, yeah, but I don't think they market as aggressively as they could.
0: Well, maybe you should get in the game, Wayne. <laughs> Wayne's Own cigarettes. All right, organic. Uh, Matt, cigarettes. we're short sure on time. What else did you want to cover?
11: Well, I I think that uh, I think that taking my children's freedom away is abusing them. There you go. Good point. Anyway, I wanted right to on. mention that uh, uh, about Tim. Um, that uh, yes, there is a law in the state of Illinois. You cannot have anything hanging from your rearview mirror. Ooh. The reasoning that they use is that it's a distraction to your driving, which is why they want to make it so you can't talk on your cell phone while you're uh, while you're driving too.
1: Right, it would be a distraction to me if I passed her and, and I saw the garter hanging from. <laughs> I, I might, I might sideswipe her or something.
11: You know, that's probably their justification right there, because, well, you're not on the roads in Illinois, though. You're only on the roads in New Hampshire, so you're only a danger to the people in New Hampshire.
1: I used to have this big, incredible Hulk statue hanging from my mirror. I never got pulled over for that one.
0: (laughs) Matt, any final thoughts? Uh, No, that'll that'll do it. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. hope you get the hell out of Illinois as soon as possible, because, man, the more I hear about Illinois, the less I ever want to set foot in it. Obama land. It is a bad, bad place. All right, so we are done for tonight. It has been Ian here with you and Wayne. and Mark. Yet another successful night on the phones. Thank you for everybody. Uh, thank you to everybody for uh, calling in and participating. It's a you can tell us a really successful night because we didn't really get a chance to bring up any of our prep. Yeah, I had all kinds of stuff. I had it's free talk live. You know, I had apes you can talk to. The rise of Ron <laughs> Paul and Wayne apes had you can talk to. That's
2: not new. Internet, internet had been signing taxes for a long time.
0: Anyway, we'll be back tomorrow night. We'll be debating voting with somebody right at the top of the show. Hopefully, if all goes as planned, we'll see you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.